Ask the Podcast Coach for August 18th, 2018. Let's get ready to podcast. There we go. That fun-filled music, it means it's Saturday morning. And if you've got podcast questions, we'll get them answered right here live. The website, askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. I'm Dave Jackson from the schoolofpodcasting.com. Back home. It's nice to be home. Joining me right over there from his home over in uh, Omaha, Nebraska, the one, the only, Jim Collison from TheAverageGuy.tv. Jim, how's it going, buddy? Greetings, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you. We say the beautiful Bellevue, Nebraska, just south of Omaha. Bellevue. So for, nobody knows Bellevue, but That's, nobody knows Bellevue. But uh, good, good Saturday morning to you. It's good to be back. Good to have you back. And uh, thanks for letting me kind of host last week. It was fun to, you know, control. We didn't, we ended up, I think the, you used the mix pre six. Am I getting that right? Yeah. And it, you recorded it on your end, and I went back and listened to the audio. It sounded great, so we didn't need the YouTube video. Yeah, when I uh, when I drag the vid, when I drag it's I forget what they call it. It's a special wave file, but when I drag it in, it gives me the stereo mix. It gives me my track and your track. So now, if I want to, I can EQ you or EQ me or whatever. And uh, it, that is actually a on one hand, it's a cool thing. For the record, it's kind of a pain in the butt because now you got to make sure everybody's the same volume. And it's mm-hmm. like the good news is more control. The bad news is uh, more control. And plus, wow. with Hindenburg, which is what I use, when you bring in a file, it automatically levels it in theory. Uh, and when you're dragging in three hour long files, that takes a bit. It's like, oh, let me go get a cup of coffee while that does that for a minute and a half. And uh, it, it doesn't take a super long time, but it's. It, it seems like forever when you're sitting there going, watching a progress bar. That's uh, that's going to be one of my things uh, uh, when I get to heaven. I'm going to be like, I, I'm just curious. Like, how much of my life was spent watching a progress bar? Yeah, yeah waiting for computer things to finish. I've I've tried to optimize, and you probably have too. I've tried to optimize my workflow so that I'm doing things while I'm waiting for other things. You know, I'm writing show notes or, yeah. you know, th- that's a thing, Dave. I, I know people complain about show notes all the time. And one of the things I've learned over the last, I don't know, four or five months is one, I've been pre-writing my show notes, which, so when I, when I think about shows like Emily's show where she reads it or Mike Murphy, he reads his, you know, their show notes are done for him, which is just brilliant. And so there's a whole bunch more motivation to write show notes before your show than there are after it. Like, yeah. You're just in a different frame of mind. And so now I'm I'm getting way better show notes than I used to because I'm pre, you know, pre-writing them. And it, it kind of keeps you on track and it keeps you kind of keeps you motivated throughout the show. So that for me, that has been a big, big, big change into my show notes is getting them written before the show as opposed to afterwards. I well, get them done more that way. I started doing that just because I would be I used to be able to record everything. I would have my bullet points. I would record it. And then as I was typing the show notes, listening back to the the show, I would inevitably come up with something that I should have said. And I was like, mm. and after about the third time I did that, I'm like, I'm going to start writing out the show notes first. And I actually write out the, like I write a blog post. My show notes is basically a blog post. And then yeah, I take even better if you can get a blog post out of it. And, like, that's a real one. Yeah. And then I take that and get my bullet points and then use that for the show. But I was forever going, Oh, you know what? I should have said this here. I should have said that there. And I'm, I'm sitting here today. I, it dawned on me. I need to go back and listen. I bet it's this way. I left 10 seconds of blank space when we thanked our awesome supporters. And I'm, I'm not a hundred. I'm not a hundred percent positive. Cause what happened was remember how I forgot to thank Josh Liston 
Mm-hmm. And I remember I cut that out and then I put 10 seconds in for me to go, Josh Liston on the bubble podcast. And I'm like, I don't remember doing that. And I was doing so much stuff. N- nobody's told me. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm currently listening to it. I wonder how far I've gotten. That's ask for me. Ask the podcast coach. I listened to like Thursday, Friday, right. right before. So I listened to last week's yesterday. Now I was home yesterday. I didn't commute. So I didn't have as, as much time to listen. You know, the other thing I was going to say on that with the, with show notes, when you're running all these processes, you just leave your show notes up and keep, keep editing them, like keep right. adding to them, keep doing, you know, you've got during that time. And, and, you know, my time's a little, probably a little bit longer because I render video feeds. So I actually take the YouTube video and I use handbrake and I crunch it down to a, a large file and a smaller video file that I put out for our, for I video RSS feeds that, that folks consume. And those take a while. I mean, you're, I'm waiting on those things to kind of crunch through. And the, the large one probably takes 20 minutes to, to crunch through an hour wow. and 15 or so. Yeah. 20, 25 minutes, right? It takes a while for it to up- upload to YouTube. It takes a while for it to upload to Auphonic. It takes a while, right? So um, I've kind of, st- I'm starting to get in the habit of those are the times I go back. If I can't do anything else, I'm going back to the show notes and just cleaning them up, you know, just adding, moving, adding, you know, you, you, you can never add enough to them. So it's a good, if, you, if you're in that situation, good thing to do. Just have your show notes ready for you and, and be working on them while you're waiting for things to happen. Yeah. Are, uh, are we ready for a power rant? Oh, yeah. I was, can't wait for this. Go. It's time for a power rant. <laughs> I'm actually going to play a clip from a show. And for the record, this is probably not legal. I don't know that I have their, I know I don't have their permission because I just decided to do this this morning. Commentary. Um, yeah, it's commentary. And it's from a show called The Word From Mouth. And I've met Mark. Mark's a nice guy. I, I'm not sure I'm a fan of the show because a lot of times he just spews opinion but doesn't give like why. I always try to give the why. Like, if I don't like Anchor, here's why. If I don't like this, here's why. And then you can tell me if I'm full of it or not. But anyway, this, this came on last night. They also said that um, – well, here, let's just play the first clip. Uh the other issue with podcasts oh, is that on. there's no stop, stop that. This is a VC. This is somebody who spends millions of dollars. Just here's a million dollars. Go, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so she's talking, he's, he's talking to her about the podcast industry. The other issue with podcasts is that there's no clear way or great way right now to search for content. Yeah. Right. So I think the voice search aspect, I think that's, you know, one reason why that was VC backable investment yeah um because you're you're that makes sense and then that actually makes it a differentiator right with radio right yeah. right yeah alexa yeah gonna that makes this. a lot of sense discovery is still that uncracked uh component here mm-hmm. so if if i'm really into knitting and i live in iowa i have no way yeah. of finding the knitting show that i really want. right um yeah and, and yeah. That, did we lose google somewhere did, did Google just stop working? I guess I, if I'm in Iowa, I'm never going to be able to find an Iowa knitting podcast. And I was like, and, and here's what, here's what literally, again, I think Mark's a nice guy, but I was like, dude, I'm kind of losing a little bit of like, you lost a little credibility there because to sit there and, and I know she's so-and-so and so-and-so and she's a VC person, but you got to go, well, actually you could just Google like, okay, Jim, let's do it. You, you Google knitting podcast. I'm going to fire up as much as I hate this software. I'm going to fire up Apple podcasts 
And and I think we're going to prove. Remember how I said I love the why? Okay, iTunes is slowly loading. My audio is probably okay. And I'm going to type in. I'm I'm in the store, and I'm just going to type in the word knitting, and press enter. K n i t t i n g. Yeah. And it's searching uh, stuff. Mom never told you um, how to be a grandma knitting. I like that one. How about knitting pipeline? Never not knitting. Shiny Bees, the knitting comedy show, uh, two U's, uh, isn't that cute? Uh, E-W-E-S, oh. uh, Adventures, uh, a podcast, if I put my mouse over this, I'm assuming it's, what'd you find? Did you find? Did you, so I have, I, I, maybe even one better, I found a bunch of knitting podcasts every knitter should listen to from Craftsy, so there's a list there. The 10 best knitting podcasts from allknittingfree.com or allfree, allfreeknitting.com. Knitting podcasts, nine popular shows you don't want to miss. Top 10 podcasts for knitting. I mean, if only there was a way we could find podcasts. It's, it's like we've. That's all I'm saying. It's like. We've lost our minds, Dave, on this. Like, all of a sudden, we have to have an app for discovery. Um, you know, hey, Google had this down, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago. <laughs> and, and, and then with their kind of commitment. Now, they, they, they have some work to do. But with their kind of commitment to podcasting, three podcasts showed up in my search, right? So I could go right to now they're all YouTube videos, right? But hmm. I they're still podcasts, right? And I could it's I, content. I bet they have an audio feed that I could that I could listen to. So so it's, it drives me crazy. So I I don't blame the VC person. I'm like, no, we need to have people stand up and go. Actually, uh, if you just go to Apple Podcasts and search knitting, I bet you could find a knitting podcast, even though you live in Iowa. I was just like, what? What are you doing? And then previously, said VC person said, well, what we need is our, our ways to measure podcasts. And again, Mark said, nothing. Zero. And I'm like, wait, somebody needs to go. Well, actually, you get more uh, statistics from podcasting than you do from magazines and radio combined. Probably. And I was just like. And it's <sighs> getting better. Right. I mean, and it's getting better. Yeah. So we're just starting to make it work right. And it's getting better. So. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. yeah. So that was, uh, it, it's a little, yeah, it's a good power rant. I usually don't agree with your rants. Yeah. But I totally agree with you on that. <laughs> yeah. When he, when he said if there were, there, you know, the woman in Iowa can't find a knitting podcast, I was like, wow, dude, you, you're making yourself look not exactly intelligent. I, I want to say, did her computer break or yeah. like, this isn't like 1993, for God's sake. Um, let me see if I, uh, they're asking for the, everybody wants to go now. This is the bad news. I'm giving this guy exposure. Um, I want to say Reiko, the word from mouth. And what gets me is, uh, oh, wait, in fact, I even have their description from their website. This is the other one that I was like, uh, to the US, here we go, word from mouth. Ah, uh, this is one thing I hate about Trello. If you don't hit save, um, yeah, here's their mouthpodcast.com is... Um, their website. And if you go to about, it says um, weekly insights on the state of podcasting and audio from thought leaders, such as Rob Sanchez, who is the CEO of mouth media network, crucial network. I'm sorry. Crucial news highlights from pod news, which I kind of want to go. James Cridlin, you need to step away from these guys because they're going to ruin your brand Um, and podcasters, insiders and leaders from the podcast inter- industry, and this is the line that gets me, for everyone who is taking podcasting seriously. And then you go there, and they have one button to subscribe on iTunes. Mark 
Rako, Racco, R-A-C-O, who's, he's been on the podcast review show a couple of times. He's, you know, he's, he's got radio, he's got TV experience, you know, he knows media, but I was just like, oh, come on now, stand up and, uh, so. And that drives me crazy too. And we use words like real or for, for, you know, for people who, well, the real way to do this or, right. you know, and you're like, oh, you know, oh. Yeah. Come on. Come so, on. Well, we're better than this. We're well, better than this. I got one other clip. Now, this one's kind of long. I really debated. It is not going to show me how long it is. I want to say this is close to two minutes, but, and it's from somebody who I've really been disagreeing with lately. Um, and that is our good buddy, Gary V. And I want to thank uh, Dr. Ryan Gray from mm, the whole doctor network. I should have probably written that down, but I, yeah, I okay. you got a lot on your mind. Yeah. Uh, but this is an interesting clip and this is one where I actually agree with him. He's, he's talking to Kyle Bush, who's a NASCAR guy. And apparently Kyle's going to launch a podcast. Um, but we, you know, we got one great shot of launching this. We're going to do it in SEMA 2018 this year. You're already over. Th- let, me, look, I- let, let me give you some, a very good piece of advice. Do not Absolutely. do not put that fake pressure on yourself that you have one chance to launch this thing. It's the biggest mistake that people make with media properties and businesses. They think okay. that there's this, especially if you haven't done it before, or it just it's it's natural human nature, right? You want to come out the right. gate. It's probably no different than starting Daytona off on the right foot, like right. everything. Like when I you want to win right away, you ain't going to win right away. You got to right. build into it. I, I it I really don't want. Here's why I'm most worried about it, my friend. I don't want you to do behaviors that so overvalue the short term in something where you're playing for life. You're trying to build something that you hope pays for your livelihood around some. Up around a passion you have, I assume, right? The idea is you'd love for this to be, whether it's a podcast or a media property, this is what you do for the rest of your life, making the kind of money that lets you live the lifestyle you want. Is that correct? It's, it's one of a few components. I, I am definitely on your, um, you know, willing to eat fish as long as it takes mode. Good. So then, um, so then I would say everything sounds great. Don't over worry about the launch because it may be episode 96 that really turns the tide. Does that make sense? Okay. And Absolutely. I th- yeah. The luxury you have is that you don't work for a television network. Like ESPN didn't buy the rights to you and then the ratings were bad after three and they cancel it. You have full control of content and distribution. You don't have to worry about popping because you're not at the mercy of Nielsen ratings and advertisers and all the other dynamics that traditional media had to worry about. If you had a radio show you know, 20 years ago around this subject matter, if your first six weeks didn't go well, you're finished. I mean, here in New York, Mike Francesa was the legendary sports guy. He left, retired, they put in a show. It lasted like three, three five weeks and Francesa was back because the ratings weren't there. You don't have that. So don't, I think before you even ask the question to make the launch pop, make sure that you realize you don't need the launch to pop. You, it'd be nice for it to be great, but don't over worry about that. So I thought that was a good clip. Yeah, no, it's good. Good advice. Gary, Gary's a little too intense for me. He is. He is a guy that just is always talking like this, and he's got it. And and I was laughing wow. because his audio is okay. It's pretty. And actually, it sounds better than it used to. A yeah, lot of times, I thought. Good. I think it's he had like the Blue Yeti for a while going on because it was really roomy. But that it was like. I think it's because he's probably moving around and talking like this. Yeah. That I'm like so. But I love the fact. Um, uh, anyone have that link for the first podcast? Yeah, it's uh, mouth, mm, mouthpodcast.com is where you can find uh, 
find that. And then he's interviewing some VC person. But yeah, I, I thought as much as I hate Gary for promoting Anchor all the time, I was like, all right, that's good. And I've never thought about that. With TV, you have to come out of the gate. Otherwise, you're uh, the lovely, you know, what was the show? I can't even remember the name of the show now about um, the guy from Gimlet. Um, this thing. Oh. Oh, Alex, Alex Incorporated. If you don't come out of the gate swinging, you don't get a chance. You're done. Um, and he's like, hey, look, you're not on TV. And I was like, that's a really good point. Because I see, and I, I agree with him. I think people make bad decisions trying to hit a deadline that I'm like, wait, so the world's waited 14 years for your podcast, but you're going to do all this stuff now because they can't wait one more week. I'm like, come on now. Um so. I go um, I go against the grain a little bit on Gary Vee. <clears throat> I'm not a big fan of him. I he he I think he says too many things that are obvious and he's too much of a hustle guy. Yeah. And it's just it's not all about hustle and it's just not all about, you know, uh I yeah, I just I I know I go against the grain on this and I know there's a lot of folks in the chat room who are just I love Gary Vee and that's great. You know, if if he's if he's doing something for you, that's great, but <clears throat> I couldn't listen to more than 10 minutes. If you had gone maybe a minute more like that intense. <laughs> and maybe the problem is because I speed up all my podcasts. So yeah. if I listen to Gary V at 1.3, I'd probably, I'd, I'd probably throw myself out the car window by the time I'm, I'm done. It would just maybe, maybe too much intensity in him. So I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a big, I, maybe I should, I, I don't really listen to his podcast. I catch him on this Facebook stuff all the time and I kind of go, Okay. I mean, that's kind of obvious, Gary. Like, you know, he, he, he just takes obvious things and intensifies them. He's the just, Dr. Phil of marketing. No, totally. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I, it's like, you're, you're like. If you you're know, thirsty, yeah. you have to drink water. Yeah. Oh, my God, Dr. Phil, you're so brilliant. God, you're so smart. And you yeah. kind of just kind of want to go, oh, okay, well. You know, just it was like the Seinfeld episode where George walks around angry all the time and people think he's uh, he's working hard because he's, you know, he's under pressure and under stress all the time. And he's not. He's just acting. it. And sometimes I feel like with Gary, there's a little bit of that intensity that's a little fake. That's just that's just me. Again, that's See, just me. I don't I think that's any t- I don't know, because on one hand you go, well, when he's on camera, the guy's on camera all the time. Yeah. I mean, he has, a, he has a camera guy following him around yeah. and I'm with you. I think what I worry about is the guy that has to hustle. Like, you know, he's got a, a wife and two kids downstairs that would love to go play catch in the backyard, but I can't cause you know, I got to work on this landing page. I got to hustle, you know, and yeah. I, yeah. I get, I, I agree with him to the point of like, you're not serious about something. If you're spending four hours a, a week playing Xbox, that's something that probably could go unless you need time to relax or whatever. But I, I do worry that sometimes his hustle, hustle, hustle is people take that and go to extremes. And he finally did. I, I remember I forget what I was listening to. And he talked about it. he kind of backpedaled and went because there are people that like they hustle, 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 and they're getting four hours sleep. And then they end up killing themselves because they've done all this work and they're not getting the results. And he's like, yeah, we have a serious problem in the entrepreneurial world of people with suicide. And I was like, yeah, you think <laughs> you've kind of set up these expectations of, you know, launch with your six figures and blah, blah, blah. And I'm not blaming Gary on all that, no, but no, no. I, I, it, it, listen, if you, if you like him, listen to him. I yeah. mean, I, I'm just saying for me, it's, it's a little much. 
And yeah. so I'm not, it's not one of those things I hang on every word and, and listen to all his podcasts yeah. and stuff. I can't, it's just too much intensity for me. I, uh, Nick said, I read crush it and it changed, um, my mentality. I, my yeah. favorite audiobook probably is crush it by Gary V because I love it because he'll be reading it and he'd be like, okay, hold on because this has changed since the book and that's BS. And then blah, blah, blah. And so I like his, and in fact, Carrie said, I like his, his, uh, his no BS thing. And the only thing that I've ever, that I kind of went, mm, was he was talking, I think it was Snapchat and blah, blah, blah. And Snapchat is going to be the next big thing. And Snapchat, Snapchat. And then like four episodes in, he's like, oh, by the way, I'm, I'm, you know, he's invested in Snapchat. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. You didn't say that four episodes ago. And that's why I still say, uh, I'm waiting for to find out that Gary is somehow, financially involved with anchor because i'm like what's up with that guy so yeah yeah well i not not to be gary v bashing no he he does some great work oh and And i would love to have his numbers and his his um well here's the thing uh i was thinking about this last night because i was (laughs) this is so gonna date me (laughs) i was listening to ronnie james dio do you know who ronnie james dio is i've heard that vaguely musician right yeah he was in yeah you've probably he's actually a singer he he sang in rainbow if you've ever heard rainbow in the dark uh or man on the silver mountain or 70 uh, stuff right uh 70 stuff but in the 80s he had a, uh, a minor hit with a song called rainbow in the dark but okay. what's interesting about it at one point he was in black sabbath he was on the heaven and hell album but he, he in the 80s he kind of came across is what i call high velocity viking music <laughs> So everything is like dun, 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 Viking music, we will pillage, you know, and he was singing about, you know, everything was in the night of the light of the dark of the spark. And you're like, OK, I have no idea what he's talking about. And and I will ride on my steed. And I'm like, steed, it's a horse. OK, this isn't the 18, but it was like high velocity Viking music. And I was kind of laughing at it going, what? Oh, I like the guitar player. That's why I used to listen to this stuff. And he's got a great voice, but I was like, on the other hand, Ronnie was Ronnie, man. He's, he's gone. He died from some sort of cancer. And so to his credit, Gary, when you tune into Gary V, you're either going to love him or hate him. And, you know, and so I was like, you know what? I will give uh, Ronnie James Dio credit for being Ronnie James Dio. Cause it was hilarious because uh, heaven and hell was one of the more popular uh, Black Sabbath albums back in the day and he left did his solo thing and he came back and did one more album with uh, with Black Sabbath and we we're all excited about it because Heaven and Hell was actually a pretty cool album and he was nobody knew what he was talking about it was just like what of the magic of the magician of the wizard like what it's like it's like heavy metal music for Harry Potter what is this I don't get it so but uh did Peter, did, did Peter Gabriel write these lyrics? Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. there's another guy. <laughs> well, there's a, another great example. When you're on stage in a giant flower costume with petals all around your head, mm-hmm. you're pretty unique. So and a reverse Mohawk. And you're singing lyrics. Nobody really knows what they mean. It's like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it, just to come back on that. I, I, I don't want to sound like a, a, a Gary Basher. No. Because uh, he's doing some good work. Just not. It's It's not working for me. Yeah. And this is one of those things. There's other, you know, choose who makes you if it's, you know, Nick says it's changed his life. Well, run with it. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. If that's what he's doing for you. Good. He's just it's just, you know, that's this is the area where I mean, I don't hate Gary. And and, and I would right. I would, uh, you know. Yeah. I mean, if it works for you, go with it. If it doesn't. Yeah. Don't. Exactly. Don't 
You don't have to in the in the in the world of polarizing political views like we have right now. It doesn't have to be love hate. It can just be there. You go. Eh, you go do that thing. You enjoy your. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Exactly. I'm with you on that because it's like yeah. well, because if you don't like Gary V, that doesn't mean we absolutely hate him and he should die. <laughs> He's no, 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 no. We're not saying just, that at all. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. So, um, and then Randy says I can listen to him while driving. Over the speed limit on the highway. <laughs> Here you go. Gary V makes me want to speed. Uh, that's fun. well. The 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 you know if we the lesson from him. I mean, he is a guy of hustle, and he has hustled his way. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, I think sometimes he's just so uncut and so unfiltered because he just hasn't slept in about two or three months. <laughs> you know, and you're like, dude, get some rest, Gary. Like sleep. <laughs> you know back down on the intensity a little bit but uh no he's doing some great stuff what i like about him is he is kind of just let me he has a lot of like this is why i think this like he has a lot of when i was doing wine library tv i did this and this and you know i didn't sleep for four weeks and that's why i got to number one or whatever but i there's a great youtube video where he's talking about people like i need a sponsor and he's like i don't know just go to the phone book and find somebody and call them up and see if they want to sponsor your show. And he goes, here, somebody give me one. And he actually just picks up the phone and calls this guy. And I was like, okay, that didn't work, but it, it might, the guy said he might work if I get him some stuff and stuff and stuff. It was like, just, just do it. Quit talking yeah. about it. Quit reading about it. And I was like, yeah. that's pretty funny. And, and that's a good message for, for a lot of people. That's a really good message yeah. to, to, you know, to go with. I, I had some, I had somebody this week I was talking to just kind of whining to me about the number of hours they were putting in at work. Mm-hmm. And I, I finally had to say it. I was like, hey, I might be the last guy you want to talk to about the number of hours that you're working because I'm, you know, I'm on all the time. I'm answering customer questions day and night. You know, I'm I don't have any restricted hours. Right. And so I'm I am literally until I go to sleep and then I wake up and then I'm back on and it's not very many hours. And uh, and so maybe some of that intensity is like, you know, I, I, I have a pretty intense job that yeah. I'm already in. I don't know if I need any more intensity. <laughs> That's it. So, yeah. Well, yeah, I so. uh, I had one here. Somebody was talking, because you talked about taking time off. I think it was last week or the week before. Yeah, I'm in the middle of a vacation right now. Well, this actually. this is from Nick. Mm, I'm going to ruin his name. Nick A. Zeno third. He says, uh, what are people's thoughts on taking scheduled breaks, say twice a year? It has become clear to me over the past two and a half years that I want the show to be weekly. But to do that, well, um, I need some downtime. It's an arts and entertainment podcast in which the conversations mostly center on comedy, music, and horror. That's an interesting combo. Uh, that doesn't really lend itself to definite seasons. If you take breaks, when do you schedule them? Are there particularly slow months to take a couple of weeks off? And this, I forget what uh, Facebook group this was from, but this is I, I found this out and I was like, that's kind of an interesting idea. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, so what are your thoughts on that, Jim? I'll let you go first. Yeah, well, I think definitely, you know, when you're thinking about a schedule and taking time off, we talked about this very friend of the show. It's you can do this. Is the beauty of it. You can do whatever you want. Right. So if you want to go two weeks on and take a week off or do three shows and take a week off, do it that way. If you want to do six in a row and then take four off, that's fine. Do all those things have consequences? Yes, they do. If you do six and you leave for four there's a good chance your numbers will suffer. Not, not always, but people are creatures of habit and they like that weekly. They like the regular. I'm not, maybe I'm not going to say weekly, but regular. 
Now, there's some exceptions to that. If your content is amazing and outstanding and it's got so much mojo, you can produce it every three months, a four-hour podcast, and people go crazy over it. <laughs> like, But that's a one in a million, right? That doesn't happen very often. And, and you've got to – that works because of Dan's – you know, his, his talent. That's why that one works. Um, but, yeah, totally. Like, just because you're weekly doesn't mean you have to do it every single week. I don't – Dave, I don't set up. I'm weekly, but I say I'm 48 out of 52. And there are weeks <clears> – <throat> I don't tell my audience – a couple hours ahead of time sometimes hey we're we're taking the night off and the, the audience is going okay i'll go i'll find something else to do tonight not a big deal so um yeah i think you can you you could probably do it and set your own uh you know do two two out of four or do five out of seven to figure out the cadence that works for you yeah i am uh it's kind of weird because my last episode for the school of podcasting was not my favorite I put it out and it was kind of like, I'm not super excited about this. It was interesting and it was kind of Dave. It was the whole, hey, Dave analogy thing. But I kind of put it out and was like, that wasn't my best work. That was not uh, – because I really thought I was going to – I learned some stuff in Nashville. But when I got back, I was kind of like, mm. And then like I, uh, we were talking in the pre-show, I got I, – I drove – for whatever reason, I did not get tired driving home. So I got home at 3 in the morning on Saturday and said, oh, cool. And now I've got all day Sunday to record. And I'll figure something out. I've, I've got some ideas and blah, blah, blah. And I my body woke up at 8 o'clock. And I'm like, no, no, keep sleeping. I, I could use more than five hours sleep. And so I was just kind of fuzzy all Sunday. And so I put it out. But it just was one that I was like, I hope this is one of those where I think it's meh. And my audience goes, that was awesome. And so far, that has not been the case. Um, but I also kept it short. There wasn't – it wasn't a case where, okay, I'm going to add a whole bit of this. And then I'm like, no, it's, it was 24 minutes and that's – all she wrote. And so I, I try to tell people, if you can record a couple ahead of time and that way you're taking a break, but your audience isn't. But, um, I think in the end, know your audience, right. In this case and and what they want, you know, I'm on vacation and yet I've got a list like, this is how I take vacation. Right. I've got this (laughs) list of things to get done and it makes me feel good yesterday. I just, I just, I tied up loose ends, fixed the garage door, went out and bought some fertilizer for the lawn that's going to go down today. I went out and, you know, took care of some things that helps me kind of recharge. And Ross is saying in the chat room, he took six weeks off last summer and just kind of got away from it. And and for some people, it takes six weeks to get, you got to kind of disconnect. And when you come back, you kind of come back, you know, you've done it right. When you come back wanting, you're like, Oh, I cannot wait to get back to the podcast in that you know, when you leave and you're like, oh, what am I even going to say? Sometimes you need to let a little water. Y'all have a Gary V moment. Sometimes you got to let a little water get under the bridge. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, because I think it's good. I, it goes back to just um, I forget what show I was listening to. It might have been uh, better podcasting. We were talking about taking care of your health. Yeah. And yeah. if you, um, you know, if you if you don't do that, that's a problem. So. Yeah, and I think you know, yeah, I'm a strengths, I'm a Clifton strengths guy, right? And so I always talk about how to how to play to your strengths. I think there's some, uh, there 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 could be some help in figuring out, like, okay, how am I built uh, from a talent perspective that allows me to really use those talents in a way that are most effective? And for some of us, that's going to be we're going to over prepare. 
And then when we do our podcast, it's going to be 100% ready and we're going to, it's going to be perfect. And if you're that way, keep doing it because you create great content that's exact and awesome, right? And some of you are going to be like, eh, I'm going to kind of do this on the fly and I'm just going to, you know, we'll just kind of make this thing up as we go along and whatever. And you're going to have these surprise moments where because of that, because it's not overproduced or too planned, you're going to get these amazing interviews that nobody expected because you were in the right place at the right time. So I, I think, Dave, we have to kind of consider who are we and then what works best. I mentioned in the beginning of the show, I started writing my show notes before the show. Well, man, that has really changed some things for me. The pressure now for show notes at the end. I hated producing my show because yeah. it was these freaking show notes. And <laughs> now that I have the motivation ahead of time to build them, and I build them during the week. So like today, I will set up a, a note that says the show for next Thursday, and I'll start collecting things into that. And then Wednesday, I kind of clean it up. And then Thursday afternoon, I get the final copy of it. Well, all that work is done. Man, that has changed my post-production uh, mentality uh, from stress to, oh, this is great. I can't wait to get this thing out. So figure out what works best for you. Yeah, that's what it did for me is is by fleshing out my ideas. I was then excited about recording it as opposed to recording it. And they're like, oh, now I got to do the freaking show notes <laughs> it's like it's just everybody i know it's freaking show notes everybody that's, no it's hard it's the official hard. Yeah, dan so. in the chat room says i typically work a couple months ahead of time yeah can't be working last minute yeah like it's sometimes your schedule won't allow for that so you've got to be you've got to be more planned uh, in advance ross in uh, uh talking about his vacation he said he could barely do one show a week and i came back doing like four or five live streams a week um, wow. As in shows, not mobile talk and uh, not mobile walk and talk things. Okay. Oh, yeah. Like what you do, you know, when yeah. you're when you're out, just the the Facebook lives. Yeah. Um, the other the other thing to think about is the way you're producing these. For some of us, we don't want to do all the nitty gritty website, right? Green find screen. Ways, <laughs> well, find ways to create quicker, faster podcasts then if you don't want to do all the work on the back end to create show notes and right maybe do them more frequently but do them shorter find a way that works where people will actually listen you know or 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 that works for you do the thing that you like to do do it the way you would like to do it you might be creating you might be starting something and going like oh nobody does it this way that might be a good indication that you should like maybe this is a new thing right we don't know it yet absolutely well you know what's not new our uh, our fun filled awesome, awesome supp supporters. That's right. They're uh, they've been around for a while. Some of them. And um, in the event I didn't fix this last week, we need double thanks to uh, Josh Liston from OnTheBubblePodcast dot com. Uh, it's a show about TV shows that uh, probably got canceled in some cases, and what the audience did to try to get it back on the air. So he actually digs into all these shows that, uh, and some of them I never heard of, like I, the Sarah. Um, who's the girl from uh, Terminator? Sarah something. Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor Chronicles. I didn't even know that was a TV show. And mm -hmm. apparently it was with a very rabid fan base. So, oh, yeah. Um, and then we have Greg from DebtShepherd.com, which is all about teaching financial wellness. Jonathan Bloom from uh, Weekly. And it's Weekly Inspiration. It's all about being great today. You can find that at WeeklyAwesome.com. Glenn the Geek Hebert, who will be coming back on the School of Podcasting uh, shortly. I was talking to him yesterday on Facebook. Find him over at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Uh, Josh Rivers from PodcastingExperiments.com, who's also uh, kind of coming. Here's something he talked about. Uh, I always say how babies are like, you know, can be a serious hurdle for podcasters. Try moving. 
from one place when you have to pick up everything you own and move it. He's like, that's why he hasn't been on the mic. Uh, Max Trescott from AviationNewsTalk.com uh, and Shane from Spybrary.com. Those are our awesome supporters. And I haven't fixed this from the first of the month. So that's, uh, no, that's okay. There we go. So thanks for all our awesome supporters. If you'd like to support the show, simply go out to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome, and my PowerPoint will not die. There we go. They were one week closer to Emily's book, by the way. I'm just I'm pretty excited there about it. There we go. I'm pretty excited about that coming out. What a great community project that's been in a lot of ways. Um, and and I just, uh, you know, for to watch her, you know, I listened to Emily before um, when she was on um, – before the story behind and Emily, I'm I, because it's, it's this, you get podcasting and you kind of start forgetting things. So I forgot the name of the podcast. What was her podcast before? Uh, something f- cheese, wine. Yeah. But that's what they, they, they had cheese and wine during the show. I know. Her and Jane. Cute little, uh, Oh, uh, classy, classy little, little podcast. There we go. Thank you. There we go. Classy little podcast. So listen to that. And then this move into a podcast. And then I don't think she thought, when she was starting the story behind that um, it would be a book. Like right. do, you, do you start a podcast thinking, you know, someday I'm going to turn this into a book. And so um, to, then to watch her go through that, I think it's just a, in, you know, is a real, is a real testimony of what can be done if you're just available. Like, I don't think she planned this. I think it was just someone said, Hey, we should put that into a book. And she's like, okay. And so it's really cool. October 15th, as that's coming out, it's available for pre-order. I, I think if you don't have it, you should be picking it up. Yeah. And the other thing is that she didn't do is I, I see people do this. I see I approach I haven't done it in a while, but I approach bloggers. If I find somebody's blog through a, some sort of Google search, I'm like, wow, this is really good. And I see they don't have a podcast. I've reached out to them and going, have you ever thought of turning this into a podcast? And I get the answer on occasion I'm just a writer. I'm just going to stay a writer. And I'm like, so they say no, basically. And so, you know, they came up to her and said, hey, we'd like to, you know, turn your podcast into a book. She didn't say no. And right. party goes, well, of course she didn't say no. But there are people that would go, no, no, I'm just a podcaster. I'm not a writer. You know, and I'm like, because who knows? That book might lead to somebody reading that who then goes, hey, you know, whatever. We don't know what door that's going to open, if if any, or a ton, you know, but. The cool thing is she can say she did it and she can say, yeah, my book is on Amazon <laughs> and that's fun. So I found this new genre for me, new for me on YouTube of these guys building boats. I mean, like yachts, like wow. these big ships out of oak and live oak and, you know, timber, these timber ships. And I found one and I thought, well, this is the only guy out there. And then I started digging in and there's there's I wouldn't say hundreds. There might be hundreds. Uh, but between that and guys that do timber frame stuff. You, I, I, I mean, I've really gotten into it, you know, and they, they're, they're talking about building out the keel and putting in the, you know, putting in the framing of this thing. And we're talking about hand, hand hoed, hone, hand honed wood. And I mean, wow, this is, yeah. Like, I mean, and you would think like the keel by itself on one of these ships takes these guys maybe a year. They got to find the piece of wood. They got to let it dry out. They got to cut it to its size. They've got to shape it and mold it and work it and grind it and get it just perfect. And it might take a year just to get the keel. And, and for most of us, um, we would, we'd be like, Oh, that's, that's just too much work. Like, you know, this ship, 
they're they're in in a lot of cases these folks are working on ships. They're fixing ships that are hundreds or a hundred years old. Wow. So. Think about what they're doing. They're building these things that could last for a hundred years. We live in a culture that doesn't even expect anything to live beyond <laughs> two years, you know? And so I'll just buy I, a new one. Yes. Well, let me take it back to Emily in the book she did in that she's spending a lot of time editing, writing, rewriting, writing again, editing, coming up with content, thinking about things. But that book will last years as opposed to a podcast that might last months. Right. And, and it's just been, for me, it's been one of those questions I put in my head of what am I building that could last more or could outlive me or could last more than a week, you know, in a podcast. And not that we all have to have those kinds of things, but I, I think the possibilities for us are there to create things that go longer than Friday night. You know, and, and so it, it has been, I've been mesmerized by these ship building YouTube videos. I'm watching, I'm getting to know the guys. I even supported one on Patreon. You know, I'm like this, it's this guy building a ship by himself. And uh, I thought this is really cool. So I guess I want to encourage the community to think about like, what are you doing that's going to last, you know, that could last just beyond a couple of weeks yeah. and, I, and really could be a legacy. I think that's one of the reasons why Randy Cantrell started his show was because he had grandkids. And a lot of his, mm-hmm. his advice in that show is just kind of like, you know, it could be passed down. It's evergreen. In fact, Randy actually put in the chat room, I just discovered this. When I was going to Nashville, I was blowing through a ton of podcasts that I, I normally don't get to listen to. And he says, a couple months ago, I went uh, to a 10-minute, give or take, Monday through Friday show because, you ready for this? It's what he wanted to do. And he decided to do it, and he did. And he says, and he's finding it easier than, because uh, he used to have... You know, these uh, not super long. They weren't long in the first place, no, but they weren't 10 not minutes longer than us. Yeah. Yeah. And, an hour. Uh, and it was, you know, through the whole thing. And now he's just like, here's a quick idea. He goes in and here's the idea. Here's why. Here's a little story about being a, you know, stereo salesman back in the day, blah, blah, blah. And we're done. And it's cool. It's I, I have a um, a playlist in Overcast called Short Shows. And it's it's uh, Randy. It's Emily. It's the guys from marketing school. So if I'm like just taking a trip to the grocery store. It's like five minutes. I'm like, all right, let's go to the short shows. And uh, it always makes me feel super productive because I'll have like, I'll look at my overcast. Like you have 110 episodes waiting for you. And then I'll like blow through a bunch of Randy's. I'm like, okay, I'm down to 89. I'm like, okay, cool. So. But. Well, I'm, I'm reminded of a, of a, of a preacher, his name or pastor, his name was Chuck Swindoll. You should mm-hmm. probably know that yeah. name, Dave and pastor to church out in California for a lot of years, then moved out to Dallas. And um, he used to do sermons that would be put into pamphlets. And so people could, he he would, you know, he would do, he was actually doing podcasting before we called it podcasting. You could get cassette tapes Mm -hmm. in the mail from this guy, right? These series. And those series would be turned into these loose leaf, you know, they might be eight in a series. And then those eight series would be turned into a book with 12 chapters. So after 12 series, he would do a book and it would all tie together. And then you could, you know, you could buy the book, you could buy the series, you could listen to it. And it was in the, the amazing amount of planning that had to go into that to get all that content put together. But here was a guy that took just what he was doing on a weekly basis, on a daily basis and turned it into a, you know, something that was going to last a while. And I guess that was my point is sometimes things that last take us a little bit longer mm-hmm. uh, to put together. And, and so we've got some opportunities with that. And it's just encouraged me to kind of think through And Emily's done this with story behind. How do I take this podcast and make it last a little bit longer? Well, in a book, 
it's going to last a little bit longer, you know? So a lot of time it's worth it. It'll be interesting to see, you know, cause she's got the marketing. I just listened to the Jordan Harbinger show and he had some New York times bestselling author on the show. And they were talking about booking, which was interesting because he brought him on to an- help answer questions. But in the same time, you could hear Jordan slowly extracting like, how did you do this? Why did you go self-published on this one? Why did you go big publisher on that one? Because Jordan's thinking about writing a book. I'm like, there's a great idea. You you invite somebody on your show that you need the information in their head, and then you have them as a, a guest. And he was saying it's, it's the fact that, uh, you know, a, a book is a great business card in some ways. A lot of people see that as a, a way of, you know, making you the official big shot smarty pants because, you know, you have a book. And yeah. so it'll it's last. Sim- some people, Dave, now I'm saying this, I'm going to contradict myself. Some people think the book is the end result. Like I can't be a person, famous, influential, whatever, whatever word you want right. to stick in there until I have my own book. Yeah. And I don't think that's true. Uh-uh. Like, I don't think the logical conclusion for everybody is a book um, in the sense that you just don't. That's not the next logical thing you do to be, to do those kinds of things. For some of you, you have it in you and it's awesome for other, listen, I'm never going to write a book and I just don't think you have to have one. I've, I've worked with some folks in the past who said, Oh no, I, the next thing I got to do is to be an influencer, to get invited to keynotes, to do some of these kinds of things. I have to have a book. And I'm like, would it help? Yeah, totally. Does it really matter? I don't know. I've listened to a lot of keynotes who I've never heard of their book before, nor have they sold more than a hundred copies of it. Right. And you're kind of like, uh, so if you want to write a book, I'm not saying don't write a book. I'm just saying you don't have, it doesn't have to be a book. The next thing doesn't have to be a book. Right. Could yeah. be a course. It could be whatever you want. So Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a book. And that's it, could be a, it could be a ship. Well, I had somebody, I forget who it was that contacted me that said they've started a product now that they never would have started until they jumped into their podcast and jumped into their niche. And then they're like, oh, wow, these people need this. And I wouldn't have known that had I not started his podcast. He goes, and now I understand their needs and their wants. And he goes, and so I created the product that they need based on them going, we need this. <laughs> he goes, and consequently, it sold. And it was like, he goes, but had I, he goes, I wouldn't come up with that product unless I started the podcast. And he's like, so sometimes, you know, some people who are in podcasting for the money, they're trying to, you know, really jump in and, and just sell, sell, sell. And he goes, I jumped in and then I found out what they needed and then went back and created the product. And I was like, that's not a bad insight. So. Yeah. Well, it's, it's something you got to think about. I, I, in my own, for myself, as I think through this, like I am, my thing is live and that's what I do better than anything else that I do is creating these live podcasts. We had a little debate on Twitter uh, over the week uh, on this and some folks were saying, oh yeah, I can't, I always have to re-listen to the show because uh, the live is always kind of, you know, the, the live is always kind of sloppy and it doesn't always work as well. And some of those are things And one of my listeners from home gadget geeks goes, Oh no, 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 you haven't listened to, you know, you haven't listened to Jim's stuff on Thursdays. You ought to, I, that's, it's, that's like a podcast, but it's live. And I, I think about what I do with you. And I think about the two shows that I do on my own network. And I think about the three shows that I do or on it Gallup and they're all really driven and the, the best engagement is around the live audience. I mean, think about this. We've got 15 or so out here today. It's been as high as 30 or 40. Everybody's super engaged. The best stuff 
at least the best stuff that I do is live. The podcast is just a after effect of it. Like, oh, okay, I'll publish it so people can listen to it. But my favorite, and I think my best, is live. It's definitely a different feel when you have people listening to you. It's like, I need yeah. to probably think about what I'm saying. Um, well, and Dave, you and I get feedback all the time from people who say they listen because they like the chemistry between yeah. you and I. And we didn't actually, we didn't force that or plan it. We didn't, we didn't know it was going to happen. We just started podcasting together and it kind of worked. That was it. So, yeah, you know. Yeah, that was. fell into it. it The the awesome uh, plan of having Jim come on the show was Jim goes, hey, do you want to co-host? And I went, "Um, okay, sure. I've never done that. Let's do that. That was it. Yeah. Let's come. You want to come? Actually, I think it was even worse than that. I was like, "Hey, you want to do this again next weekend?" <laughs> like, okay, sounds good. I'll see you at nine thirty. Yeah. And uh, you know, it was uh, one of those things we kind of fell into by accident. But so for me, I don't have a lot of. Um, I, I find for me the greatest value for me is in doing these live shows. The 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 podcasts themselves are great, and I get some audience feedback, and I get emails from those guys, and it's great. But what I really dig is being out here on a Saturday morning and having Addie and Michael and Roy and Carrie and Eileen and Mike and Ross and Emily and Daniel and Kim uh, and Dan and all in the chat room. And that's pretty awesome. Like, and so I, that's for me, that's what works for me. I love creating live shows. Mm-hmm. So that, that just works. I did have another interesting question come up. Uh, this is from, how are we doing on time? Oh, good. This will be perfect. Jacob uh, Houter, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. He says, we've done seven episodes. So first of all, congratulations, you made it to episode seven. He says, uh, we've done seven episodes of gaming podcasts so far and things are going well, but I wanted to incorporate some other creators. I want to bring in guests and we have some lined up, but the show starts doing, but if the show starts doing well, guests on shows like these get, do they get compensated? Do you have them sign something saying they agree for you to use their voice and likeness and logo? Do you tell them anything ahead of time to try to have a quiet space and don't eat during recording? I hope so. That'd be bad. Um, am I putting too much thought on this? I typically just have friends on. So the one that caught my eye there, because we've talked about this in the past, 99.9% of the time, nobody's getting compensated to come on your show. In theory, you're paying them with exposure because they want to get in front of your audience. And um, but yeah, I know Jim. Do you still have a? You used to have a URL for your checklist. Um, I do. I think I think it's still slash guest Yeah. Although I haven't sent anybody. My show changed a little bit, and so I don't. I, I rarely send. I wonder if that works anymore. But, but I rarely send folks. But it's good to have a checklist. Yeah, and I always. At the end of my interviews, if I can remember, now I forget about this a lot because nine times out of 10, I'm interviewing a friend, but I try to say, is there anything that we talked about that you would not want released? That's my little audio release. And then I don't put that in the podcast. I keep it. I always keep the original file so I can always go back in the event I've completely just hork it in some way or another. Um, But that's my little audio release. And then what I do is when I I had somebody last night, it was fun. I I, I was her first interview. And so she goes, well, what do you usually do here? And I go, well, I I let them know that, A, it's not live. And so if things mess up, we can go back and fix it. And, you know, I said, I let them know who the audience is. I let them know how long the the episode typically is. And I said, that helps them shape, am I doing the short, medium, or long answer? And I said, and then just kind of go from there. And, and, uh, you know, she's like, well, do I record my intro now? I go, you can. I go, but I've often re-recorded my intro because I found some – some golden nugget in the uh, 
the interview and I'll re-record the intro. And I said, I usually just start then. I always start off with welcome to the show and they'll go, Hey, it's really great to be here. And I said, and you can do kind of whatever you want at the beginning of that. I said, and, and if I do, this is what some people go. I got somebody like, well, you can do that. I might ask like fluffy questions like, you know, what got you into podcasting and you know, um, what kind of microphone do you use? And then finally, my third question is like, tell me about the time when blah, blah, blah. I might actually cut the two fluffy questions. Because my audience wants really, you know, it's there's a reason why there's a skip intro on Netflix now. People want to get to the good stuff. And so there are times when I'll actually uh, do that. Yeah, Miss Eileen says, Joe Pardo from Podcast Minute Atlantic is charging his guests. Speaking of that, podcastminutelantic.com, if you want a T-shirt, you need to order your tickets to Podcast Minute Atlantic, better known as MapCon in some cases, because he's ordering the T-shirts. And his it says uh, Podfessional has this cool little audio thing above it. So if you want a T-shirt, you better go order your tickets. Uh, Joe does. And I believe um, John Lee Dumas is now charging for guests. It's not wrong, by the way. Not wrong. No. You can, it's no different than charging advertisers. Right. It's the same. It's the same thing. I don't. We want as a community. We went a little bit sideways on this. Uh, a couple, we've done it a couple times in the podcast groups where we do. We get a little self righteous on this, and you know, people are like, oh, "This guy's charging fifty bucks. That should never happen." And it's like, "Hey guys, that's advertising. Actually, that's what that is. And if he's not getting it, then he has no guests. But if he or she is charging and they're getting it and it's working, then it's called advertising. Yeah. It's not wrong." Yeah, my the only thing I've ever the only thing I've ever had a problem with that is if I have a podcast about podcasting and then somebody goes, Hey, I'll pay you a hundred bucks to let me come on and talk about knitting. Okay, well that's you know, I could do that, but here's the thing, and that's that's just to me, I go, I think that would be bad, but on the other hand, feel free to do that because you're not gonna last long if you're just letting anybody like what's the requirement for being a guest on your show? Oh, you have to pay me a hundred bucks and you have to have a pulse. Okay, well you're not your audience yeah. is going to stick around for that. So, well, and you're you you're making the determination what's good for your audience. And if that was good for your audience, then then yeah, maybe it would be, you know, maybe it does fit. Like having you on my tech show, Dave. And I don't charge, but let's just say I did. That might make sense for you because you're a podcaster to get in front of some, you know, my audience, fifty, you know, thirty five to fifty five computer systems administrators, there lots of disposable income, right? They purchase things. And, and you might want to, you know, taking pod, getting podcasting in front of a bunch of tech people, may, it may make sense. And so I, if I was charging for that or you came to me and said, hey, I want to be on your show and I'm going to pay you 100 bucks to do it, um, I, may, I may consider that because it may actually fit. Uh, but it's up to the podcaster, right? If you wanted to take the $100 and do knitting and you thought it was, you know, it could or right. you, your audience might go, what the? Yeah, like, exactly. Seriously, if you did a knitting podcast on a school of podcasting, even if you charged for it, you'd have to ask yourself the question, is this worth lo- losing listeners? That's it. Because I think your audience would be like, what the day? <laughs> what are you doing? This yeah. isn't Binky and the Wiz. Yeah. You can get away with Binky and the Wiz. But. All right. We've got another quick question here. Uh, this is from Miriam Perez Gilmore. Uh, super vulnerable question, she said, which caught my eye right there. I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. This is not what's my favorite microphone. Uh, does anyone have a bit of anxiety about about promoting your podcast or YouTube channel on your social media because friends and family have no idea what or why you're doing this and you may be judged? My podcast slash YouTube really has nothing to do with my current business or work. Just wondering if the only person that feels this way. And I yes. was... 
I was. Well, I, I feel that way. Yes. Do you? You're like, oh, <laughs> no, totally, totally. I totally avoid my own Facebook channels, my friends and family. I, they're they're a bunch of judging, judgmental judgers of judging things, <laughs> right? And you're just like, no, I don't want. I, I want. I want strangers who won't judge me for for knowing who I am, right? You know, that's, that's funny. That's what I think. Well, that is way. funny because I have two Facebook profiles. It just dawns on me now. I actually do that without even thinking about it because I want my my family Facebook to be pictures of nieces and nephews and cousins. And I don't want to like, Hey, sign up for my newsletter to my cousins. So it's not that I'm worried about them being judging. I just want that for that. But the other thing I I commented, I said, if you're worried about being judging or if you're worried about being judged, I go, welcome to America. Half the TV shows that are on right now are people being judged and then voted off and whatever. I said, you're going to be judged. I said, look, you may not realize it, but when you go to the grocery store, the people behind you are judging you by how much stuff you have in your cart. Oh, you I know, do it all the time. Uh, when you get on a plane <laughs> and you're walking and you look over and you see the person is in your aisle, you're like, oh, am I happy to sit next to Is this person a talker? Right. You, right. You're getting judged all the time. So if you yeah. think you're not getting judged, um, I will judge you and say you're crazy. <laughs> so it's like, cause you, you are, but uh, it is what we do. But with family, Dave, it's hard. Yeah. And I don't know. Tell me what you think. Is that an audience worth the the energy the time and effort to reach um or not when i first started doing the gallup podcast actually the audience i was afraid of the most was the employees like mm. i almost didn't want them to listen i was like no because they know how the sausage is made right and you're like uh i'm not sure i want you to listen and for a lot of years maybe for the first two years uh that the, my smallest audience was our own employees well they started listening and they started coming back to me saying like, you know, I'd see him in the morning and they'd be like, Hey, I listened to you on the way in today. You know? And you're like, Oh, and at first I said, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. like, no, 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 it was really good. Like, uh, you know, I appreciate it. So do you think that audience, Dave, is one worth marketing to? Is your family worth marketing to knowing it's a different kind of audience? I, I think so. And the reason for this, and this is my background, I used to get a ton. I used to design websites for people. I'm like, if you just need a basic website, I'm your guy. And my sister-in-law is a teacher in the Akron Public Schools, and she ran into so many people that were like, yeah, I need to build a website. I just don't know what to do. Oh, my my brother-in-law does that. And she had cards. And she sent me so much stuff. So I think sometimes if you're – your family can be a great marketing channel because they want to see you do well. And I guess – you know, for that, that was just me being me. Oh, Dave's a big nerd. You know, let, yeah, that's of course he does websites and of course he does podcasts and things like that. So I never really worried about them, them judging me. So, um, but did you ever get that question? Like, so not, oh, yeah. not today, but early, like five, six, seven years ago, like, what is this thing that you're doing? When I, when I walked over before I went to Philadelphia, it was my brother's birthday. So we had this birthday thing for him. And I walk over and they're like, hey, Mr. Hall of Fame. And so finally my cousin goes, all right, I'm going to ask the question. And I go, what's that? And she goes, what's a podcast? She's like, what do I do with these things? I hear you talk about them all the time. And I go, do you have an iPhone? And uh, she goes, yeah. And my my other cousin's like, I got one. And her husband's like, I got, oh, okay, cool. Everybody, I just did a little tutorial. Look for this purple thing. Okay, now what are you interested in? Oh, I like golf. I like this. I'm like, good, type that in hit play there you go do you like it okay click subscribe you know but yeah so um there are a lot of people well there's only 17 percent of america that listen to podcasts on a weekly basis and i i think that's sad you need to let me know does this come through 
in theory, you shouldn't hear anything. No. Okay, good. Nope. Not hearing it. Because I'm starting the, we have two oh, minutes okay. and five seconds until the okay. show is over. So, uh, but yeah, so it was kind of funny that they're like, hey, what, what is this podcast thing? I know. And it's a little embarrassing when they, when they say it, yeah. you know, to you, but then you always kind of say, well, yeah, here's what I'm doing. This is, you know, I reach an audience of 500 to a thousand. We do these things. And they almost always go, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. And so what you thought was going to be judgment is actually like, oh, that's kind of cool. So I think it's a good audience to reach. It's the hardest one, you know, profit in his own hometown, right? right. So it's the hardest one to reach, but I think you should try. My, uh, I think my favorite quote from the messengers is Danny Pena's dad goes, Danny, I have no idea what you do, but I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I know my mom has still has no idea. Yeah. She's like, are you on the radio? Yeah. What are you, what do you, what? Why are you, she just sees, because she's in all my social channels, so she sees all that stuff. Yeah. Paul Culligan's mom thinks he's on the radio because she can listen on iHeartRadio. <laughs> right. It's like, no, right on. okay, right mom, on. whatever. Actually, I can reach a bigger audience, mom. I can reach a bigger audience. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. well, Jim, what's, uh, I know you're talking news and stuff. Any, do you know any yeah. news articles you're going to be talking about coming Actually, up? Actually, on the, on the latest, theaveragegeguy.tv, some really easy ways and cheap ways to get in on home automation. So Amazon made some really good deals right now if you want to get in. Some devices, no hubs needed for like 10 bucks. We're doing that. And guess what? Uh, GPUs, remember these things that were too expensive because right. of crypto? They're back on the menu. So they've gotten uh, inexpensive oh. again. They're back to their pre-crypto prices. So if you've been holding off on buying a graphics card for your PC, uh, now's the time to start looking. We talk about all of that at TheAverageGuy.tv. And on the School of Podcasting, I may have an interview with Danny Pena. I'll find that out later today. And I'll be reviewing some sort of gear because I have buckets of it laying around here. So, But uh, thanks for tuning in. We're here every Saturday. Ask the Podcast Coach. Stay tuned for some post-show. This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Changing the world, one download at a time.